me to the book of Isaiah, Old Testament book of Isaiah. And if you're able to this morning, Isaiah chapter 40. If you're there, let's go ahead and stand out of respect for the word of God. One of the many words that describes our God is that word they just sang about, wonderful. How many of you recognize this picture on the front of your lesson or up on the screen? Where is that? Yeah. Anybody ever been there? How many of you love that room? I struggle in those waiting rooms. I have not been blessed with a gift of patience. And you know, one of the hardest things, and you think about how wonderful God is, but it's, it's hard to wait. It, it, it's so much a part of life. You know, I, I thought it was bad enough, and then God moved me to South Florida, and all the traffic lights are four to five minutes long. I, you know, I, I don't understand those. Many times, I don't understand waiting, but I know God always has a plan. When you get to Isaiah chapter 40, and Many times the book of Isaiah is what they often refer to as a miniature Bible. How many books are in our Bible? Anybody know? 66, right? Anybody know how many chapters are in the book of Isaiah? 66. Uh, If you look at the divisions of the book of Isaiah, you see some parallels to the Word of God, Old and New Testament. If you look at some of the themes that run through the book of Isaiah, you see a lot of parallels to the Word of God. If you look in the book of Isaiah, and it's, it's some great reading, some tremendous dealings of God with His people, the nation of Israel, you find that for the 39 chapters that it begins with, it ultimately deals with condemnation the judgment of God. Uh, They are being told through the prophet that there is the impending judgment of God. The Babylonians are going to come and overrun the city of Jerusalem and take God's people into exile. Now, you have to understand, God is wonderful The reason that happened was because of sin, rebellion. You know, I I never spanked my children just because I wanted to. It was always because of some sin. Now, I threatened them a few times that maybe I just needed to spank them just because, you know. But God never did that with his people. It was always because they rebelled against him. You with me this morning? And so you can look at Isaiah's book, The Writing of God, and you could say, what a depressing book in the Bible. But remember, that's just chapter 1 to 39. How many chapters are in Isaiah? 66. So when you get to chapter 40, it really turns the page from condemnation to consolation. Matter of fact, look at the very first verse in Isaiah 40. What's the first word? 
What is it? Comfort. Comfort. See, the same God who will not tolerate sin still has grace available. God says, comfort ye. Comfort ye my people, saith, notice, your God. Understand that he is still our God, even though we sin against him. Amen? So when you get to this portion, and God led me here this week, I was thinking about our theme. Our theme is choose. Today, God is saying to us, choose to wait. Now, most of us would never choose that. Lord, I don't want to wait. I'm not patient. I don't like to wait. I don't like lines. The best thing they came out with in a long time was self-checkout. Love it. I don't have to put up with cashiers that don't know how to work. I can just take care of it myself. But you listen, we need to understand God wants us, here's the key, to wait on Him. See, it's different when you wait on the Lord. It's different. I want you to pick it up with me this morning in our text in verse number 29. The Bible says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. Let's just stop there for a second. He giveth power to the faint. Anybody about to faint this morning? Anybody struggling with life? The Bible says, He gives to them that have no might. No might. The Bible says in verse 30, even the youths. Here's a whole group of good-looking teenagers here who are in the prime of life, just give them 20, 30 years. But the Bible says here, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What an encouragement. Now listen, let me just stop for a second. I won't keep you much longer, but think about this. This is written to Israel that's about to go into captivity. God says, listen, it'll be okay. None of us, as far as I know, unless Rocket Man or somebody has different ideas, we're not about to go into captivity. But I guarantee you we're going to face something in the days ahead. What do we do when that happens? Wait on the Lord, and He will give you strength. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Bless the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing this morning. You know, 
G. Campbell Morgan said this years ago. He says, waiting upon the Lord is not laziness. Waiting upon the Lord is not going to sleep. Waiting upon the Lord is not the abandonment of effort. Here's what he said. Waiting on the Lord means, first of all, activity under command. Secondly, it's a readiness for any new command that may come. And thirdly, it is the ability to do nothing until the command comes. It's hard just to do nothing and wait. It really is. It's like a little boy that was out and he was fishing. He's like your pastor when he was fishing, he caught nothing. And a man came by while he was fishing, and he asked the little boy, he said, are you fishing? And the little boy replied, no, I'm not fishing, I'm just drowning worms. That's what he was doing. And sometimes that's the way we feel in our lives, like, I'm not really accomplishing anything in my life, but if we wait on the Lord, according to the Word of God, one day we shall reap. We shall reap. Uh, Abraham and Sarah in the Bible, they had to wait for the promised son, Isaac. Noah, all those years, had to wait for the water to subside so he could get off the ark. Joseph had to wait on the Lord to get out of prison. Mary and Martha had to wait on the Lord to raise their brother, Lazarus, from the dead. And all of us understand that as believers, we have to wait on the Lord who will come back one day in power and great glory and receive us unto himself. You see, in each one of these situations and in many more situations, that the people recognize the promises of God. They not only recognized them, but they rested in the very character of God and they relied upon the love of God. They thought about who it was that was dealing with them just like Israel thought. Listen, this is God's hand upon our lives. And in each one of these situations and the ones in our lives, can I tell you this? You may not want to hear this, but it's worth the wait if we're waiting on the Lord. And that's what God tells us. This morning, God shows us through the prophet Isaiah four results of waiting on the Lord. Notice, first of all, this morning, those that wait on the Lord will have an inward strength. An inward strength. The Bible says in verse 31, they shall renew, notice, renew. It's not a new, it's a renewed strength. Even in Isaiah's day, the people were in captivity. They were going to need God's strength, God's power, an inward strength to help them day to day as they were in captivity. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6.10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong, notice the words here, in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You understand what God is saying in the book of Ephesians and other places in the Word of God? God is commanding us 
that we need to be strong Christians. God doesn't want us to be weak. God wants us to be strong Christians. Years ago, we had a friend that used to sing a song called The God on the Mountain. And she sang that song, The God on the Mountain is the God in the Valley, and when things go wrong, He'll make them right. The God of the good times is the God of the bad times. The God of the day is the God of the night. You see, that's the God we serve. God is good all the time. Amen for that. I was thinking about how this matter of waiting on the Lord, how God gives us an inward strength, and I was reminded of that as I read the account back in 1924, the Olympics, that there was a runner who was a Christian man. His name was Eric Liddell. This man, Eric Liddell, refused to run the 100-meter race because it involved racing in a qualifying heat on a Sunday. You see, this went against Liddell's beliefs. He felt it was an ungodly use of the Lord's Day. And so he took a stand. God gave Liddell an inner strength. Now, what you have to understand is Liddell was the fastest man alive at the time, and he was favored to win this race for the country, his country, Britain. Now, the press got a hold of the story. And the press and even the Prince of Wales tried their best to talk Liddell into running this qualifying heat, but he refused. You know what Liddell did? Instead of going to the qualifying race on Sunday, he went to church. He went to church, and on that particular day, it is said that while he was there, he read Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. And so Liddell took a stand. God gave him an inward strength, and as, as Liddell took that, that stand for the Lord, they came back and they said, you know, we understand you missed your opportunity for the 100-meter race. But they gave him an opportunity to run for the 400-meter race for Britain. Now, this race was a race he had never trained for. He had never run in it before in his life. God honored Liddell for his stand. He ran that 400-meter race. But here's the interesting thing is as he ran it, he ran the the 400-meter race at a 100-meter pace. And they were watching, the reporters, other people. They were all saying, listen, he's going to wimp out. He's going to run out of gas. He's never going to make it to the end of the, the race. I mean, he's just going to somehow peter out in, in the race. But what they didn't realize is that God gave Liddell an inner strength to run that race. And he not only won the race, he won it at a world record-setting pace. You see, God honored Liddell for his stand for him. God gave him an inward strength. And God says, if you wait on me, I'll honor you. If you look to me, I'll honor you. And God will give us the strength to continue. God says, listen, Christian, I don't know exactly, uh, I personally don't know exactly what you're going through, but God knows what you're going through today. And God is telling you as his child, don't quit, don't throw in the towel. God can renew your strength. And during times like that in our lives, listen, we're easy prey for the devil, are we not? The devil comes along with his temptations. 
But the Bible says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, God can renew our strengths. Aren't you thankful this morning that God can give you, even while you're ready to faint, God can give you an inward strength? You see, not only does he give us an inward strength if we wait on him, but notice, secondly, God will also give us an upward strength. Go back to verse 31. They shall mount up. Notice it does say mount down. It says they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Now, there are in life, I know you have experienced this, the longer you live, there's ups and downs, right? Every day we seem like we're facing things, but can I tell you with the ups and downs, God will give us the victory over the downs if we learn to wait on Him. Wait on the Lord. You see, I love to study some deep theological things, and one of my favorite things is the Peanuts cartoon characters. Some great theology there. And you know, I think a lot of people are kind of like Lucy. Lucy, if you study her life, she's always complaining about how lousy her life is. And so Charlie Brown, being the great man that he is, Charlie Brown decided that he was going to try to cheer up Lucy. What a task. So he said to her one day, he says, into each life, some rain must fall. But that just didn't seem to help at all. I mean, Lucy wasn't buying it. And so then Charlie thought for a minute, and he thought of another saying that he could share with her. And he said to her, just remember, life has its mountains and its valleys, its ups and downs. To which Lucy replied, all I want is ups and ups and ups. And you know, folks, a lot of us are that way. You know, when we're saved, when you first get saved, it's almost like God takes us and God puts us in the nest and God protects us and God is there for us and God is surrounding us. But then God does something amazing. God takes us out of that nest. Now remember, God saved you not to sit. God saved you to soar. And that eaglet has to get out of that nest. God doesn't do that to be mean to you. God knows that he has saved you for a purpose. And we find here that God has a reason in your life that he wants us to soar on wings like eagles. Look, you study the life of an eagle. An eagle doesn't like to get down into the mud and the filth of this world. They live in the heights up on the mountains. That's where God wants us to be. God doesn't want his people to live too deep in this world. Look at John 15, 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. There was a young boy, and he was, uh, th this will date some, but this young boy, he liked to go to the store and Back in his day, they, they had what they called the old general store. A little different than Walmart. And he went to the general store, as he'd done before with his mother, and being a little mischievous boy, he liked to sneak away from his mom while she was doing some shopping. And he would go over, and how many of you, out of curiosity, how many of you know what molasses is? Oh, 
Okay, more than I thought. Well, there was a barrel of this molasses in this general store, and the little boy, being a little boy, he used to go over there, and he would take his finger, and he would dip it in the barrel of molasses, and he would stick it in his mouth. Well, one day when he went in there and did that, the owner of the store saw him do that. Saw him take his finger and stick it in the molasses, and he just about got it to his mouth when the owner saw him, went over and picked him up by the seat of his pants, tilted him this way, and stuck him head first down into that molasses. He took that little boy, lifted him up, he walked him outside, and he set him out on the front porch of that general store. But instead of crying, the little boy is sitting there praying. And here's what he was praying. God, give me the tongue to equal this opportunity. <laughs> you see, we too must recognize our outward strength. Can Listen to me. Don't, don't miss this. Our outward strength is a gift from God. When God gives us the strength to face a new day, God's strength is equal to whatever opportunities that God gives to us. It may not be molasses. Whatever it is, God will help us. God will give us an outward strength, but a lot of times we don't seek that strength from God. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 2, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. See, you know what God is saying to us? Just like he was telling the children of Israel that if you wait on me, I will give you an inward strength. I will give you an upward strength. But notice thirdly, he promises if we wait on him, he'll give us an outward strength. Go back to verse 31. The Bible says, they shall run and not be weary. Now, I could tell you, you know, and you can laugh all you want, but this body was not built to run, all right? It just wasn't. It was built to eat. That's what this body was built for. And, and when I think about this verse here, I need God's strength because I'll take off and my mind is thinking, I want to run, but I get about three or four steps and then I say, no, I don't. I need God's strength. You need God's strength. God didn't save us to sit. God wants us to run. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. Uh, I love this story, and I've never seen it before, but this week as I was studying, I was thinking about this outward strength, and I thought this this true story illustrated this in such a wonderful way. Back in 1954, during a bowl season, football season, there was the Cotton Bowl, and Alabama was playing Rice, and as they were playing this game, one of the players on, it was a halfback from the University of Rice, he broke free from the tacklers uh, from the University of Alabama, and he was racing down the sidelines for a touchdown when all of a sudden, while he's racing down the sidelines, and it's sure that he's going to score, then all of a sudden, 
off the bench, an Alabama player named Tommy Lewis ran onto the field and tackled the runner. Now, just so you understand, that's illegal. You can't just jump off the bench, run onto the field, and make a play. But Lewis did this. He, he got off the bench, and the touchdown, uh, although he stopped the runner, the touchdown was awarded to Rice. But here's the end of the story. Tommy Lewis later on, was eventually drafted to the, uh, play pro football all because he couldn't stand to lose, which was shown in the way he tackled this man off of the bench. You see, Tommy wanted to run. Tommy wanted to play. He didn't want to sit on the bench. And listen, when I think about God saving us as his children, God doesn't want us to sit. God wants us to get involved in the work of God. Some who were running and involved in the work of God over the years, some have grown weary. And I understand that from time to time, that we physically get worn down and we get our minds off the things of God. But the Bible says in Galatians 5, 7, ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? The question this morning is, have you stopped running for Jesus? Are you still in the game? And if you're not, can I tell you this morning, the cure is the same as it's always been. Jesus is still the answer. You see, there was a witness who spoke of being on an airplane. That airplane was bound from New York to San Francisco when one of the engines of the airplane caught on fire. The captain came on the loudspeaker as the engine was on fire, and he reassured his passengers that the fire would soon be put out. He says, besides, folks, you need to understand, the plane has four engines. It'll fly just as well on three as it flies on four. Unfortunately, before he finished his statement, a second engine broke into fire. And so once again, the, the pilot came on. He reassured his passengers that two engines were still sufficient. They were going to be fine, but then a third engine caught on fire. And that third engine caught on fire, and everybody was waiting to hear what their pilot, their leader, the captain of the plane was going to say, but there was silence from the cockpit. Nothing. Nobody on the loudspeaker. Soon the captain appeared in the cabin, and when he appeared, he had a parachute on his back. As he opened the exit door, he calmly turned and said to the passengers, don't anyone panic, I'm going for help, and he jumped out. Now we laugh about that, but the truth is, there's a lot of Christians who have grown weary, the engines have gone out, and they're bailing out on God. If there ever was a time that we need God's strength instead of bailing out, Lord, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to stay involved in your work, and I want to do, listen, I, I know I'm weary, and at times I get discouraged, but remember, those that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Well, how does he do that? Inward, upward. Outward, but there's a fourth one. Notice, he promises an onward strength. Verse 31, look at the last part. 
and they shall walk and not faint. Walking sounds like something so simple, doesn't it? You think about it. How many people are stationary? Going backwards in their lives, we sing the song, Onward, Christian soldier, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. See, God will give us the strength, folks, listen, not just for today, but for the long haul, the strength to serve him all the days of our lives, not just today. God gives us an onward strength. Years ago, the construction was going on right here in the state of Florida, the overseas highway that they have now from Miami to Key West. And it's a true story. There was a fierce storm that destroyed most of the work that had gone on to that point. The man that was in charge of the project, he saw the damage, he saw the destruction, and he was kind of perplexed. And so the, the story said that he called back to the home office and he began to ex explain to them and describe the great loss. All the work to that point had been destroyed. And he asked the office, what shall I do? This is a true story. Somebody from the office wired him back two words. Go on. Go on. And that's exactly what God says when you're weary and you're tired and you're discouraged and you're ready to quit, ready to throw in the towel. God says to us, don't quit. Go on. Let us not be a Demas that quit the work of God. Let us be a Paul. Let us finish the race. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. I read a, a, a true description. There were years ago in a race, there were two runners in this race, and, and both of those runners were from Cuba, and they were leading in the race, and everybody thought for sure that it was a done deal, but as they came to the finish line, both racers fell and passed out and lost the race. See, folks, I can tell you this morning, with God's help, we can make it. We can make it to the finish line. You think about this world. God created this world in six literal days, and then the Bible says God rested. Now, a lot of times people have different ideas, but can I tell you, God didn't rest because he was tired. You know why God rested? Because he was finished. He had created everything that he wanted to create. And one of these days when we finish the work that God has given us down here, that we'll have the opportunity to enter into, the, as the Bible describes it, the haven of rest. But until then, God wants us to wait on him. That God will renew our strength, that God will help us to do His work and His will. There was a story about a grandfather. He was out with one of his grandchildren who was his six-year-old grandson, and the child, like most children, he was running ahead of grandpa, and he was kind of getting into things, and grandpa was trying to keep an eye on him, and the little grandson came to a creek, and he saw what was going on, but the little boy, he was kind of afraid to cross it on his own. He thought he would fall in. And so the grandfather kind of yelled up there. He said, child, wait for me and I'll get you across. And what's amazing is, is that 
Unlike today, that little boy waited for his grandpa. When grandpa caught up to him, he lifted that child upon his shoulders and he waded across that creek. And the little grandson, when he set him down on the other side, he looked up at his grandpa. And here's what he said to him. He said, if I hadn't waited on you, I would have never made it across. And if you don't wait on the Lord, I don't know if you're going to make it. We need God's strength. You think about this illustration. If we wait on the Lord, God will help you with whatever obstacle it is that you're facing. Psalm 37, 7, the Bible says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait patiently. You see, Isaiah was trying to help the children of Israel. And God, through his preservation of his word today, God is telling us that we need to wait on him, that we shall renew our strength. Do you need inner strength today? Do you need something for the Lord in your life today? The Bible says, wait on the Lord. He says, if you wait on me, you'll mount up with wings as eagles. Are you tired of living in this world? And with God's help, you can live above this world? You see, God says, I can give you an upward strength. How about this? He says, if you wait on me, you shall run and not be weary. God says, I can give you an outward strength. And then the last thing he said is, if you wait on me, you shall walk and not faint. God will give us strength, not only for today, but for tomorrow, for the next day. You see, maybe you need God's strength, God's power in your life today. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. You know what you need today is you need God's strength and power to save you today. The Bible says in Lamentations 3.26, It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. If you need to be saved today, God has the strength, the power to save you today. The question this morning is, do you want to wait on the Lord? Do you want God's strength for your life? Can I tell you, it's worth the wait. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand to our feet. As you stand this morning... I wonder today, are you in need of God's strength in your life? God is asking you today, why don't you come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. God's invitation is open this morning. Would you come this morning? Lord, I pray that you'd bless the invitation. If there's someone that needs to be saved today, Lord, may they come today. Lord, I know that you have the power to save them. Bless the invitation now, and may God's people do business with you. In Jesus' name we pray.